Sunday Gravy. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. This is a podcast based on recent sermons of High Point Community Church, as well as anything else that just happens to be on our mind. If you would like to contact us, you'll find all of our information at highpointcommunitychurch.org or highpoint.community. And now on with the show. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. Today is Tuesday, October 10th, 2023. Coming to you to review Sunday, October 8th, 2023. Did I say 22? I don't know, but you were very focused on getting the date right. I was. <laughs> Hopefully I got it right. It's 2023, folks. Yes, um, it is. And yeah, we're coming to you uh, one day late this week, um, but uh, but we're here and that's what matters. We celebrated uh, Columbus Day. That's yeah, what we did. <laughs> yeah, we, we were all out wearing our Columbus outfits and <laughs> celebrating, but uh, not teasing. But uh, yeah, it's been a uh, very eventful weekend for sure. Mm-hmm. You could say. Um, mm. What What about you guys? What's What's been going on? <laughs> we'll talk about the <laughs> elephant. Should we, should we talk about the elephant in the room first, and then? Okay. Yeah which is everything that's going on overseas mm. in the Holy Land. Mm. Obviously, that's a, that's a big deal. You can't open any, any type of news page or browser, period, without seeing alerts right now at the right. top. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm, just, just due to my addictive nature, a lot of times I will, I'll get locked in on something. So that was going to be my answer about how the weekend's gone. I have been glued have to you? the TV, yeah. I've probably taken in far more than I need to. So it's, it's a lot. <laughs> How about you guys? Yeah, I you mean in regards to that? Like I yeah, I'll yeah. I would like I've been opening, you know, a couple of different news apps like uh periodically, you know, a couple times a day just to kind of check and see what the latest is and stuff. It's uh obviously um, you know, pretty uh, pretty eye-opening the way that you're seeing the uh, – which, you, I mean, you knew it would based on just initial reports that, like, the death tolls and stuff were going to climb immensely, and mm-hmm. um, I'm sure they'll continue to. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm sure also just because of the nature, anytime, anytime anything of significance happens with the nation of Israel, we get, you know, a lot of questions and stuff. So, like, I mean, I'm sure you are already been bombarded mm. with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I – as as early as this morning, just you know, yeah. people wanting to know what, you know, what should our response be to that? And I mean, the response is simple: unless you are an Israeli soldier <laughs> and you are m- marching into the Gaza Strip at this moment, um, you do you do w- what is available to you, and that is this. And it's always been the case, and I've always, you know, kind of had this mantra. When it comes to Jerusalem, you pray for the peace of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. like you pray for that peace, and um, and that is that is a you know because like we've been learning in our series, and I'm getting getting into that yet, but right, you know, I, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, you know, and I think that that's where a lot of Christians right now are really struggling with a lot of this is because you're what you see on TV is the state of Israel, then you know this this 
this military force and that kind of thing. Right. Um, but you cannot forget the fact that that is family, right. you know, if you will. Um, that is the the tree from which Christianity was grafted into, and so um, so it gets it gets confusing for folks, especially because most people that's their all they see is the state of Israel, and I think you have to compartmentalize those two for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I um I I probably take a little bit of a I don't know that I have to be very careful with how I say this because I don't want to come across as because um, people will obviously start raising all types of questions in regards to you know end times and things like that. Right. And and I'm I'll go ahead and just admit up front that um, they from my perspective they'd be met with a lot of I don't knows and send mm-hmm. them you know send them to somebody much more knowledgeable when it comes to stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> so I tread very lightly here in saying that I realize there's, you know, it's very tremendous significance and importance to everything that happens surrounding Israel, right? Absolutely. So I'm not trying to downplay that whatsoever. Um, but what what strikes me though in a moment like this when something like that's going down is the level of people's anxiety surrounding it. Yeah. And um and it and it it, and it's triggered by an event like this, right? Right. And so I guess what I'm saying is, okay, when people, I'll have interactions with people surrounding it. I'm saying, okay, we weren't interacting, we, we weren't conversing over the topic of Israel prior to this. Mm-hmm. And so I realized this event raised that question. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, okay, Maybe the significance of Israel wasn't at the forefront in your life, but now all of a sudden it is because of this event. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, I'm treading lightly here, but what I'm getting at is this. Uh, my advice to someone in that situation is be like, really check your why. Why is your level mm-hmm. of anxiety where that it where it's at, and mm-hmm. I, and I'm not downplaying the significance of everything that's happening with Israel, yeah, but also to say maybe God is trying to speak to you uniquely, like mm. per, per, you know you get what I'm saying? Oh no, I do. Like mm-hmm. why why are you so anxious now when Israel has been in turmoil for how long? You know what I mean? Right, like, right. So, and again, there's very much significance to all of it, but I'm just saying, like, um, I don't know. I think uh, I, I, that would be my my advice to to someone b- before you chase those rabbit trails. Maybe consider what the Holy Spirit might be trying to do in your heart over your anxiousness about the situation to begin mm. with. Mm-hmm. In other words, are you now only concerned with Israel because you think the end of the world might be coming? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like that's that that's you know, the Holy Spirit at work in your heart. And so first and foremost, settle that. Mm. And now we can have those conversations and look at the exterior importance of everything that's going down. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. Anyway. We'll just have to get somebody more knowledgeable than me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) I know I totally agree, and I fall. I'll kind of fall in that same category because, and that's kind of like every person that's asked me about it. That's kind of where, you know, where I think the conversation has to end up. Now we can it can take all kinds of twists and turns, but it's got to end up 
talking about, okay, what does this mean to you personally in your spiritual life? You know, and so, right. and, and I think it has a lot to do with, you know, uh, you know, so many people wrestle with like their own particular personal viewpoints on certain things like war and for mm, instance, you know, sure. and stuff. And so a lot of people, you know, will will be anti-war no matter who it is or what it is, you know, and stuff. And I think that that is a particular uh, subject where you've got to seek out the truth of that in God's Word, you know, because when you hear the word war, it's not something that, especially if you're against it, then you immediately tune out anything that has to do with that. And, you know, and you need to go through the Bible and look at and just start counting how many wars and things that took place throughout Scripture from Genesis to Revelation and how there's one coming that we know is coming and it's going to be the one that ends it all. Right. And so so I, I, I think I think the ultimate thing here for for all of us is because I, I, I'm not going to get into the specifics because I know there are people who will argue that, you know, the state of Israel has nothing to do with end times, like absolutely has nothing to do with it. Like it, like all the promises were fulfilled in Christ and, and that is totally as, as, so there are some people that fall in that line. Then there are other people that fall on the other side of the fence. And so Instead of just getting everybody upset about that, I think ultimately what you need to do is you need to you need to understand that that God is active in the world. There's no doubt about it. Nations rise, nations falls, kings, you name it. They they all come under the supremacy of Christ, and it's all and it's just it's to, as as frustrating and and as it is to look at the news and see the horror that's on there to, you know, to hear that, you know, these guys are literally taking these victims' phones, getting on their social media, and then live streaming their execution to their family and friends. Like, there's evil, and then there's that, right? And so so it's like, you see that, and and you're just kind of like, how, how do you make sense of this all? And I think it's just important for for you to really kind of go, okay, all right, unless you're there, there's really not, not anything you can do about it. It is out of your control. And I think that's really what triggers people's anxiety is like, I have no control. I, I mean, I, I can't stop this. I can't do anything about this. Um, there, There's also that, that anxiety of what is this going to escalate to? And so when you start thinking about that, people, you know, start going, you know, they, they start letting their fears take over. And so that's why you're starting to see an uptick in a lot of these commercials out there about, hey, you need, you know, you need to call this and start stockpiling your, you know, right. your cave you got built underneath your house, you know, because they're playing on people's fears. They're profiting off that. Yeah. And so all of this escalates fear. But in the end, you know, we have to remember that God did not give us a spirit of fear. Yeah. And so for those reasons... I look at what I'm seeing on the on the TV and what I'm saying is that I am realizing that even that is not outside of God's realm. And so, you know, and I hate I know I keep referencing the the sermon series here, but there's a I, here's what I felt. And if you were there Sunday, you you'll know exactly what I mean when I say this. What I have felt is every time I saw the horror on TV, 
what I felt was I felt God's presence there going, see, here's my armor. You mm-hmm. might want to put it on. Yeah. You know, I I, I kind of sense, I, I just can feel that that God's like, I got this, you know? And, um, and so that's helped a lot of my fears and anxiety because when I see that, you know, I mean, I'm just like, gosh, you know, listen, like I want to say it to all my brothers and sisters out there in Christ, let's not forget Jesus was a Jew. Mm-hmm. You know, let's not let's not forget who they are, and and I mean they're going to respond. There's no doubt about it. I I think the state of Israel. I think any state not only has the right to protect itself, but it has the responsibility to protect its citizens. Yeah. You know. I mean, we would expect nothing less from the United States. Yeah. And so, um, I, you know, I know there's a lot of uh, Israel, you know, anti-Israel sentiment, and there's a lot of anti-Palestinian sentiment right here in the U.S. We've got them walking through Times Square and all that stuff, and that's the beauty of freedom. But I also want to remind people who are like, eh, that doesn't, that doesn't bother me. Come on, that is, that is. That is a beacon of you know democracy and freedom over there, mm-hmm. and so we want, we certainly we need to not only be praying for the peace of Jerusalem, but we need to be praying for victory as well for Israel. Yeah. So, yeah, the Israeli military is a uh, you know my dad's been several times, and uh, I you know remember you know he would speak of like he he would talk to me about going through security checkpoints and how, you know, they they live under a the the reality of the reality of the threat, I just say that as like a blanket statement. Yeah. Is so much greater for them than it is for us. Mm-hmm. And so just in everything that they do, like the threat of like whatever, if it's, you know, on an airplane, if it's just going through any type of security checkpoint and it's um the I say all that to say is the Israeli military, they don't play. No. So, and when they respond, they respond and they, they mean business. I mean, mm-hmm. you can, you can tell that, uh, just from, you know, uh, Netanyahu's, you know, his verbiage and stuff Sure, like, that, you know, anyway. So I believe that, uh, you know, they, they're responding accordingly. And like you said, we just continue to pray for them. And mm. Tiffany, did you, uh, Watch the news while you were whittling this, <laughs> this weekend. No whittling this weekend. No whittling. No what whittling. did you do? What did you do? What did I do? Uh, oh, so I took my youngest to the frog festival Saturday in some. How was that? Did you Just get a rib on the stick? I did not because there were about forty people in that line, and I uh-huh. wasn't standing in it. I did get a Dole Whip float. That was really good. Okay. Really? Yeah. I think it was Summerton students that was doing them. A Dole Whip float. Mm-hmm. What is that? So I mean, I know what Dole Whip is. Yeah, did. they sell them at Disney, too. So it's the Dole Whip, but then they've, like, pour pineapple juice on it. Yes. So it's, like, in more pineapple juice. Mm-hmm. It's oh. really good. I had one at the festival last year. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Why don't I, I know what Dole Whip is. Why don't I have never heard of a Dole Whip it, float? Because you're not one of the cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody sell frog legs at the frog festival? I didn't see they're any. Mi- they're that doesn't mean gold. they're not there. They're missing an they opportunity. They are. Golden opportunity. <laughs> yes. My four-year-old, though. He thought there were going to be frogs. He was like, the frog, like, are there going to be frogs? And I was like, well, not really. (laughs) And so we were leaving. We're walking back to the car. And he goes, Mom, 
I just didn't see any frogs. And I was like, yes. sorry, dude. <laughs> Let down. That's such a great observation. <laughs> I know. I, I would think the same thing. Yeah. Like somebody should be selling frog legs or having yeah. a frog race mm-hmm. or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> they did have a petting zoo, but no frogs in the petting zoo either. Hmm. Mm. Well. What about you? What did you have going on this weekend? Uh, Mainly, I, you know, I... Friday night was a big night. Congratulations to the football team. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pulled out a, a tough win. Um, that, was, that was they, that was hard fault game. That was an awful drive. Oh my goodness, people! It's the it's the road. Did you go like through Oakman and? Yeah, yes, yes. It's just an yes. awful drive. And I had Jake with me, which is my daughter's boyfriend, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Where are we?" <laughs> and I looked at him, and I was like. Well, let me tell you what this is better known as. This is better known as Tornado Alley right here. When you leave, you leave Oakman, <laughs> you leave Oakman, and there's like nothing until Northport. That's about yeah. it. And no. then when you get to Northport, there ain't a lot. No, no. I mean, Northside North, North is, is kind of rural, like corner is. Yeah, yeah, it's essentially a crossroads. Yeah, for sure. Like the gas station, the schools, yeah, a Dollar General, yeah, and a Mexican restaurant. Yep, and that's, that's it. about that's right. It. And a hardware store. Yes, that's about all they got going on. But shout out to uh, Journey Church yep. in that area. Mm-hmm. They are a plant, and we've been able to. We haven't partnered with them, but we've 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 sent them love and helped them, and and we've yeah. we've been interested in their success. And they launched, and uh, it was great to be at the football game and see Journey Church everywhere. Yeah, like I saw yeah. their t shirts, I saw their banners. And uh, when the the young man got hurt and stuff, I saw a Journey Church person out there praying with the father. You know, I was nice. like, man, that is awesome. Because I remember you know, the pastors there, uh, Jared Case and, mm. um, oh, man, I'm having a— Stephen Franklin. Stephen, yeah. Uh, we, they came and sat down with us, and, and, and they said, hey, you know— North side to a lot like corner, and we know you guys planted high point in corner, and we would love to pick your brain. And so it was neat to come go from that early stage of mm-hmm. development to where you know seeing it in action. And he actually just sent me a video yesterday of all their baptisms. Oh yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. I saw some and of the pictures on Facebook. It's yeah. incredible. I had messaged yeah. those guys on Friday morning, you know, prior to the yeah. game. Yeah. And I told him, I said, uh, I'm reading the text here. It says, you guys tell the town of Northside that the corner caravan is headed y'all's way in a few hours. <laughs> it's coming, baby. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and he he, yeah. he he gives a laugh and says, you know, invited me to come early to eat, eat Mexican food. See? <laughs> and I said... Uh, we uh, missed that chance. I told, yeah. him I, I told him I would like to, but I couldn't leave early enough. And then I said, I'll be there, though. And I said, I just really hope both teams have fun. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and he said, "Yeah, I bet that was your prayer this a.m." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, and then one of one of them sends me back this game time with the Ultimate Warrior <laughs> <laughs> pumping the ropes. Oh, I tell that's you what, awesome. those boys from Northside—that's the mood they, hey, were, in. they, they were in. They, it was a, it was basically an all-out brawl because it was. for them. It was their it was do or die. Right, right. Because if they lost to us, they would be out of the playoffs. Yeah, it puts them on a puts them yeah. in a bad spot. Yeah. And and From, really in, re, in the region. Yeah. And the North and, and a lot of Northside fans that we knew, they 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 communicated. They said, Look, we thought we had you. Oh yeah. And, and they had us on the ropes and uh 
And but what they said was was they said, but that's the best Northside has played all year long. Yeah, they, they said they played way over their heads. They really tried to beat corner and well, corner they, was just they were they executed well. They they uh, I think they had had the week off before that. Yeah, and so sometimes you never know as a coach like how that's going to go. Sure, do my guys sure. come out flat or do they come out rested, rested. and ready? Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's like. But anyway, it was a, it was a great game. It was a great game, and uh, you know, Corner had also moved up in the ranks. So you know, they were undefeated season. They're ranked number eight in the state in four A, and this is their Northside's last chance to. So they, you know, they really could have made their season by beating Corner right there. And so, um, you know, so shout out to Corner for hanging in there. Yeah, it was a tough game, but um, but they tied the school record, and so they're going, they're they're shooting to break it next week. Yeah. yeah. So, nice. Any, anything else? Yeah, yeah. Saturday, I did go. I did go watch my daughter play softball uh-huh. and stuff. So, I got to go do that and I did, enjoy that. Um, which your wife was there. I went to a wedding Saturday yes. night. Two of our own. Here. Yes. Uh, Logan Beach and Anna Main. Congratulations! Ooh. That's awesome. Congrats yeah. to yeah. I got a, I got an applause here somewhere. Yeah. yeah well, I'll work on it. Here we go. But it's let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's just neat. It's just trigger. neat because you've seen them as a couple for so long, sitting in yeah. church and mm-hmm. stuff, and the beaches. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's a fun last. Great name. last name. Yeah. Uh, but their wedding was. Fantastic! So, shout out to the mains and the beaches. And yeah, they they all did. Uh, they did great. And uh, another one of our own, Miss Lisa Miller, was she was the like the caterer, the cook okay. for the nice. thing. And so, man, let me tell you something. That lady can cook. Yeah, and that's a lot of pressure because I mean, not only are you cooking for a wedding, but you're cooking for a wedding who Anna's brother is like a chef. He, oh, he's, he's a like culinary, a, chef. a culinary. Um, uh, um, what do you call it? Professor? Yeah. No, not what's the educator? Whatever the word is. Yeah. Anyway, he he teaches culinary school. Mm-hmm. He's a culinary professor. Anyway, so but they did fantastic. It was great. They had. Um, By the way, Lisa makes some cheese grits. Have you ever had them? So I don't do grits, but everybody talks about them. Oh my goodness! It's, everybody it's talks about them, but I, I I've never actually had them, but I've seen them. Yeah. I've smelled them. I was like, oh, that smells good. If I decide to go grits yeah. one day, that's where I'm gonna start. Well, her husband Darren, you know, he's a deacon here, right? And so whenever people see Darren, we we we're, we love Darren, and we're glad to see Darren. <laughs> but there's that look on 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 why, everybody's face going, why didn't you do, have, did bring you, grits? <laughs> do you do you have any grits in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. No, but yeah, congratulate. That was a big weekend. But they good had weekend. a uh, shout out to Logan. He had his groom's cake. Oh, yeah. It wasn't a cake, it was just a massive spread of donuts. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that before. See, it was like Fulton Hill Bakery. That just donuts. lets you know the boys got his head Ooh, those on are right. good ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. it. But they had a really nice wedding, and it was here in Corner. It was at the White Barn. Uh huh. And I've been there for a few things, but it was, uh, man, they did. They did the people at the venue did fantastic. Yeah, also. yeah. Everybody who uses it says it's fantastic. And, and Alex Varden officiated the wedding. Let's go. He did. He did fantastic. He's becoming a natural at that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I had one couple tell me they they were there, mm-hmm. and they've been at High Point for quite some time, and they went, looked around there, and he, he was like, we used to have High Point in here back in the day. 
Oh yeah, yeah. In the barn. In the barn. You're right. Yeah, that's yeah. where we had our kids' ministry. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that particular property at that time was right. owned by somebody that was a, a, a you know. <laughs> there was a lot of jokes. There was a lot of jokes. It was like, man, this brings back so many memories. Except there's not grandfather clocks hanging in front of everywhere. You know, there's not. There's not a, a, a half, loft. half the audience gets that joke. Yeah. Not at all. Right. Sure. <laughs> I mean, sure. But if you if you know it and you get it, that's hilarious. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that's awesome. But congrats to them. It was. It was. It was good. It was a great wedding. They did a fantastic job, and I'm glad it worked out, and they got married. <laughs> I'd be concerned if it worked out and they didn't. Yeah. Well, there were donuts, so no matter what, it was, it's it was going to work well, out. Right? Yeah. For me, it was going to work out. I had a funny moment when because uh, mm-hmm. Cassidy and I had left our youngest at a birthday party, and the birthday party was ending. Like, it was already over with, like, 10 minutes, and we're, like, it, it ended at 7 o'clock. Uh-huh. Well, it's like 10 after 7, and we're still sitting there you know, enjoying hanging, sure. hanging out with people and eating good food and all right. that. And then, you know, she looks at me and she's like, Hey, we got to go. Oh no. <laughs> and so, and here's the worst part is like, we had not got to see Anna and Logan yet. So y'all slipped out before. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, the wedding wasn't like extremely long or whatever, but they were doing, I don't know what they were doing. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know if they were changing clothes or they were taking, probably having a photo session or something, but you know how the bride and groom will disappear Mm -hmm. and then they'll come back to the reception. Yeah. So they had not made like their entrance yet. And you could tell the party was just getting started. Yeah. Like they had a live band and the band was awesome and they were kicking. Anyway. Were you there long enough to see John Main kick it in the gear? Yeah. No, but he was getting he was getting fired up. Was already. he getting fired up? Oh yeah! As <sighs> soon as, as soon as the ceremony was over, if somebody has a video of that, you need to send that to me. As soon as the ceremony was over, John John went to an eleven in a hurry. I mean, he was what? Like he was ready to go. I, I think it. <laughs> well, you could imagine it's like a sense of relief. Yeah. You know, it's oh, like yeah, for it's sure. like for the we, dad. We've yeah. been anxious about this for months, mm. and now all of a sudden, that's all gone, and right. now it's just hanging out and enjoying good food and a party with friends. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so, all of a sudden, you know, it's like they're they're really excited. Mm. So anyway, but uh, oh yeah, so we're slipping off, and they got golf carts taking people out of their cars. So I get on the back of a golf cart, me and Cassidy do, and I <laughs> we're driving away. And I know uh, Luke and Kellen, Caleb, like, mm-hmm. look, and they see us, and they're like, what are y'all doing? Like, driving away, and we're too far away for them to yell at us at this point, but they're looking, like, with their hands where like, y'all going? where are y'all going? And I've, <laughs> they had the little souvenir glasses, and I had topped mine off with some sweet tea before I left, and I just raised my glass <laughs> as we're riding away. <laughs> and they both start... They both start cackling. So, <laughs> see y'all next time. See y'all next time. Uh, it's been real. <laughs> anyway, I love it. Anyway, that's great. Congrats to them. Yeah. Uh, but I do got something rather interesting to share with you guys. Say what? Y'all ready? Yep. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm gonna read the headline and then and then you guys have to fill in the blanks. Mm. Uh-oh. U.S. Customs officials seize giraffe feces from woman at Minnesota airport. What? 
I'll read it one more time. U.S. Customs officials seize giraffe feces, and there's a picture of it. It's a box. A, a, it's a box of giraffe giraffe poop. <laughs> they seize it from a woman at a Minnesota airport. But no giraffe. <laughs> the first but, line. The first line of the article says federal customs agents. Poo-pooed the plans of an owl. No, it does not say that. I promise. This is is AP News also. Was this like a souvenir thing? This is from October 5th. So that's where I want you guys to fill in the blank. Tell me, tell me, (laughs) what was she going to do with the giraffe poop? I Uh, wish I had the Jeopardy music I could play right now. (laughs) What What was she going to do with the giraffe feces? What in the world? Uh, she had brought it's it back from for, her, her trip to Kenya. She going to use it for fertilizer? Grow her some Kenyan plants? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to have like the native poo. <laughs> right. Native fertilizer. <laughs> that is very authentic. <laughs> These are very authentic. All right. Very Does authentic Kenyan woman... bamboo. <laughs> All right. That's a good guess. You're so where totally this, wrong. Who, okay. Where does this woman work? Where is she employed? Does it say that? Uh, it does not say. Because if she worked for like a zoo of some sort, that kind of would make sense to me. Maybe she's using it for like like maybe checking for like diseases of some sort, yeah. or maybe you know trying to get some bio, biological. For some reason, I have a feeling elements. that's not it. I feel like there would have been some precautions taken. To get that across the border safely. I, I just want y'all's if best guess. If it was guess. for legitimate purposes. I want your best guess. I feel like it has something to do with an ex-husband or an ex-boyfriend or something. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Would you like to see the picture? Going in a bag on a porch somewhere. I'm not sure the picture. I need to see the picture. Oh, my goodness. And there's like a shell. There's yeah, a shell in there. Seashell? There's a seashell in the box. Was it to <laughs> preserve the seashell or That's something? That's what I was going to say. Why is there a seashell in the box? <laughs> It has nothing to do with the shell that I'm that I'm aware of. I'm I'm out of ideas. There's got to be some advantage to having possession of a giraffe. giraffe poo. Yeah, that's what I, we need to name this. Episode. My, you got my no number one guess. I did. I guess. What was your guess? That it's got some biological element that maybe she can sell to the zoo, or if she works for the zoo, she can find out things about giraffes and. Kenya, that maybe they're healthier there or something. I don't know. Let me barricade that thought train. It has nothing to do with the zoo. <laughs> well, you said guess, and that's what I did. I guess. That's my guess. Has right. nothing to do Y'all with the zoo. got no other guesses? I'm out. I mean, of ideas. is she going to light, put it in a bag and light it on fire and put it on yeah. somebody's porch? Yeah. All right. Federal customs customs agents poo poo the plans of our woman <laughs> who wanted to make jewelry from giraffe feces. <gasps> No, no, no. Jewelry? I should have guessed that. <laughs> Jewelry? She, that she picked up on her trip to Kenya and brought back to the U.S. in her luggage. Now, this is this, this is the alarming part. The woman declared the small box of feces when she was randomly selected to have her belongings inspected. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Randomly yes. selected to have her belongings. <laughs> it's a different kind of look. Well, you know what? That makes me wonder. What? Is how much giraffe poo's making it through? Right. <laughs> how much Kenyan giraffe poo okay. is hanging out in the U.S. now? 
She was randomly selected to have her belongings inspected upon arriving to Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport on September 29th, according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection. It makes perfect sense. The woman who was not... (laughs) Perfect sense? It does. (laughs) The woman who was not identified told officials she planned to use the waste to make a necklace, as she had done so in the past many times with moose poop. Okay. Now... Let me, let me help you guys here. I can help you. All right? I can help you. So you will remember this. You won't. Uh, but Blake will, Blake will remember I spent over a month in Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay? You got one of them necklaces. And <laughs> no, let me tell you what is huge over there. They make jewelry out of elephant dung. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I actually have a bracelet made out of elephant dung. You do have one of them, George. I do have it, <laughs> and it is pricey. It is it, uh, and they make a ton of it, and it's not what you think. And you can smell it and go, "Man, this," you know, it's not like that. It's they make legit jewelry, and it's expensive. I, so now that makes sense. But I have never heard of using giraffe or moose. But I've heard of there's some kind of components in elephant dung or something where they can make it, and they're hard. By the way, it's I was yeah. about to ask is yeah, that like they're, like a, they're not process. soft. They're hard, it's like a bangle bracelet. It's like it's not quite like a bangle bracelet, but um, but it's it, it, it actually it's like has a, a really cool look with little peanuts in it. No, Blake, oh. <laughs> you just well elephants don't elephants like eat peanuts or is that just a myth? I Is mean, that just something that happens on cartoons? Do they have big ears and fly? I don't know. Um, but <laughs> I guess I see. I can see this being. A it's a big thing, thing in Africa. Is all yeah. I'm saying. It's, it's a like huge that scene thing. from Joe Dirt when he collects what he thinks is a meteorite. <laughs> And the guy's like, what you got here is a big frozen hunk of poopy. <laughs> and he's like, you see the peanut? It's a dead giveaway. <laughs> you remember that? Where they dropped the poo from the yeah. from the airplane? <laughs> they re- released the waste I from the do. airplane. <laughs> and he thinks it's a meteorite. I cannot believe you went there. It's a big frozen hunk of poopy. <laughs> That's hey. what it makes me think of. Or... Ace Ventura Part 2, where they make all of their stuff out of guano, which is bat droppings. Yeah. And he's, like, eating out of the bowl. Yes. <laughs> she's like, and then the African woman, she says, we, we, we make all of our stuff from guano. Our pottery, our bowls. He, like, <laughs> stops eating and puts the bowl down. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I mean, it's a big deal. Like, and... If it's it has to be authentic because apparently there's <laughs> there's knockoffs, and so it has a tag on it of authenticity that it was hmm. made from elephant dung. I just so. wonder, like, I get the cultural. <laughs> what is knockoff? I'm bring it. I'm what is knockoff? What is knockoff elephant dung? I don't know. How do you knock off dung? <laughs> well, they just got like a really big, you I mean, know, Great Dane in the back. <laughs> well, I mean, they do make fake poo to put on the ground, right? Uh. So. Anyway, I'm starting to wonder if I'm supposed to be getting rich off of my she won't backyard. Fa- she will not face any sanctions uh, because she did declare the feces and gave it over to customs. <laughs> the agency's agricultural agricultural specialist destroyed the giraffe poop. Did they flush <laughs> it down the potty? I mean, <laughs> it's like, 
how, how do you destroy it? <laughs> I don't know. There is a quote, there is a real danger when bringing fecal matter into the United States. <laughs> Border <Fecal> protection. <laughs> anyway, okay. <clears throat> the director of Border Protections that seized it, her name was LaFonda, by the way. No, no it was not. I promise. No. You're lying. LaFonda La Disa. You're making this up. I'm not. <laughs> LaFonda D. Sutton. Anyway, and then, uh, quote, if this person had entered the U.S. and had not declared these items, there's a high possibility the person could have contracted a disease from the jewelry and de- developed serious uh, health issues. Yeah. African so, okay. swine fever. I agree. Classical I, well, swine fever, Newcastle well, disease, well, foot well. and mouth disease, swine vascular disease among the ailments. In Kenya, that customs cited as risk from the dung. Well, I, That's I think I'm pre pre coronavirus, <laughs> maybe it wasn't a big deal. What, yeah. what, but now you can't you can't pull that yeah. off. Not, so I, I get in when you're in Kenya, when you're in Africa, buying <clears throat> those sorts of things is it's a cultural thing. It's like a souvenir, whatever. What is the market for this in Iowa? What? Like, are, are there you? people in Iowa that are just mm. like, I got to get my hands uh, a lot of naturalists. giraffe poop? A lot, lot of pers- naturalists. No, she just does it for her own personal enjoyment. No, she doesn't. There's no way she does. She, well, she's she's got to be selling profit. it on she Etsy made, or something. You don't something. take that kind of risk unless it's <laughs> profitable. <laughs> uh, hold on. You going to search Etsy? I am going to search Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> giraffe dung jewelry. Like, but but the, the part that I enjoyed the most about the article was when she was randomly selected <laughs> to go through her belongings. That's bad luck right so there. Do you, like, do you have anything that you need to claim? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then well, they're going through. Uh, Seems like what you got here is a big box of poopy. <laughs> <laughs> well. How do I are you are you searching this. Etsy now, or can we move on and I'm talk about spiritual things? There's some Kenyan jewelry. No, you're not going to find it that quickly. I'm gonna have to like. Is there a name? Is there like a technical name for it? <laughs> I don't or do know. I just type poo jewelry? Like gu- <laughs> like guano is bat droppings. Well, just know <clears throat> know where your giraffe poop's coming from. <laughs> that's funny Uh, but that so obviously you didn't have any issues when you came across with the bracelet Mm -mm. so there must be a process that it goes through maybe to turn it into jewelry maybe um i will say you think that's just messed up as i'm i was trying to look for elephant jewelry made Mm -hmm. out of that i just wanted you guys to see what it looks like hard to find by the way um but on my journey Oh, just just looking you there's a company that will take your cat poop and like like make it into a necklace poop poop like straight up like here's a picture of it that looks like poop <laughs> it does but they probably do something to where it's like encased in something <laughs> i don't know but uh, uh i i did find that's disgusting a real moose poop Doo-doo nugget gemstone necklace. And I'm wondering if it's the same person. Oh, hey, my goodness. Look at, them, right. look at them earrings right there. That's awful, man. Look at those earrings. Look at those earrings. Okay, this looks like, yeah, that looks like the one I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah. All it's, right, a, it's a real thing, people. It's right. a real thing. It is. So consider yourself 
informed. Oh. oh. <laughs> this is getting dumb, by the way. <laughs> but we did start the second part of our informed series. Yes. Sunday. Uh, hey, before we start, before we get into the real important spiritual matters of this mm. message, mm. did you have a Freudian slip in the second service? Okay, I've already been <laughs> hammered on it. Uh-oh. I wasn't I, in second service. I had, what happened? I had three yes. separate individuals come to me yes. and say, were you in there? I was like, well, I was, in, I was in first service. And they said, okay, Joey just... Yes, I did. It wasn't a Freudian slip. No, it was... You a, just, I paused uh, at the wrong time. In awkward pause. It was, it was awkward. an awkward pause. Yeah. <laughs> he was talking about <laughs> the breastplate of righteousness. Yes. <laughs> he said, but I paused at the wrong spot. <laughs> get you. No, don't your... say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. No, I just want people, oh. people that weren't there need to hear it. People's got imagination. They can figure out where the pause was. <laughs> I need to know. They if don't I need sh- to hear it. I just need to know if I need to go back and edit the recording that I already put online. Did you put second service yes. up there? Oh, you did you second. Want, you might want to go and cut out a few seconds. Just, just, yeah, just split that clip right there. <laughs> Well, because I have a funny story of something that I did one time that's very similar. Okay. <laughs> but I need to say what you said. It's not bad. You said the word. You just had a pause in it. I had a pause. <laughs> said, get, get your breast plate. <laughs> something like that, right? That's not what I said. What did you say? <laughs> Let me tell you what I wanted to say. Okay. <laughs> Okay, good. Because then I, when I tell my story, I'm going to tell what I wanted to say. Okay. Here's what I wanted to say. I wanted to say, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at the equipment that goes on you, talking about the armor of God. And so I was like, so we're going to look at your waistline. We're going to look at your feet. <laughs> and I wanted to say, we're going to look at your chest. Right? But when I was thinking chest... <laughs> In my mind, I was thinking chest, because think about it. I was thinking, we're going to check your waistline, that's belt of truth. Right. So I'm saying waistline, but in my head, I'm thinking belt of truth. Right. And so when I said feet, I'm thinking, you know, in my head, yeah. feet, shod with the gospel. gospel. Yeah. Um, and then when I said chest, or I wanted to say chest, I was thinking breastplate, but what came out was breastplate instead. And so I said, we want to look at your waistline, we want to look at your feet, we want to look at your breast. Plate and uh, <laughs> that's exactly how it came out. That's way worse than what that I just said. That is way worse than what Blake said. <laughs> anyway, there it is. I said it. So, I, I, how many people were giggling in the audience? <clears throat> well, uh, my wife, who took every moment of this to remind you, to re- sure. not only yeah. remind me, but tell me all around her. She says she turned around and there was a guy that we all know. Sitting back there with his hand in both, I mean, his face in both his hands, <laughs> dying, laughing. Like, and she said, all I wanted him to do was just look, raise up and look at me. And I think he would have cackled because I was <laughs> laughing too. So, anyway. So, I had something very similar happen one time. So, it's important that people know what you wanted to say. Yeah, that's okay. what I wanted <laughs> to say. And I, and I, what I said wasn't bad. I just, Paused at the wrong spot. So if you'll hurry and go listen to the message, 
before before, before it's we edited. Out. <laughs> Tiffany edits out that that awkward two people seconds. are pausing this podcast right now. <laughs> going there. No. So so let me tell you what it was worse. What I said because mm-hmm. of what I did. So mm-hmm. I was leading worship one time. I was at a church. I'm sitting at a baby grand piano on the side of the stage, and we're singing this song. As long as this is an old song, as long as I have breath, okay? Oh, my God. <clears throat> and we get to the end of the song, and the song has been big. There's like a, there's a choir singing. It's, you know, we mm-hmm. whole band has been just getting after it. Anyway, we get to the end of the song, and we bring it down. It's a somber <laughs> moment, okay? <clears throat> this is the end of a service, too, just after the <laughs> message. It's a very somber. A lot of investments going into uh-huh. this one moment yeah. is what you're saying. It's a very somber moment, and we bring it down, and we do the chorus really soft. <laughs> and then there's that moment where, all right, you know how you're in a service and a worship leader starts praying, and you and there's that there's that second or two where you're like, you may not know that they're praying, and mm-hmm. then you think, oh, they're praying, and you close your eyes and bow your head. Right, all right, right. right. So I get to that moment where I've been singing the chorus, the congregation is all singing, and then I put my hands on my chest. <laughs> and I'm going to start praying. Like I'm letting the last chord ring out ring out from the piano, right? Yeah. And I put my hands on my chest. And my intent was to say, Lord, we thank you for the breath in our lungs. As to start my prayer, so it makes it worse that everyone that everyone is staring at me. Okay, as your hands are on as your my chest. hands are on my chest, yes. both my hands are on my chest, <laughs> like I'm holding holding a couple. Anyway, like whatever, I'll stop. So I got my hands on my chest, and I say instead of saying, "Lord, we thank you for the breath in our lungs," I say, "Lord," I mean, as soon as. And there, everybody's looking at me, and I say, "Lord, we thank you for the breast." And I'm, and I paused, <laughs> like you did. I paused exactly like you did because I was trying to figure out. Because as soon as I said it, as soon as I said it, my mind said, "Did I say breast?" Like in my head, I said, oh, "Did yeah. I say oh, breast yeah. or breath?" Yeah. And what I should have done, what I should have done, is just kept rolling. I should have said. Lord, we thank you for the breast in our lungs. And then that way, somebody could have been like, oh, you had a little Freudian slip, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I did even worse because I paused. I stopped <laughs> to cons- <laughs> because I was trying to convince myself that's not what I said. I, I said breath. Yeah. And then I could have continued on. So I was like, Lord, we thank you for the breast. And then I pause, pause, pause. And then I think, oh my gosh, I. I did say. I did say breast. Yeah. And then I'm going to like go back and double down and say something about the breath in our lungs to make people think maybe I didn't hear what I thought I hear. Yeah. What I thought I heard. Yeah. But while I'm paused and I'm talking like <laughs> 18 rows back, 18 rows back, I hear. <laughs> and then that was it. Look. That was I'm, it. Can I just say this? I guarantee you that was a grown man back there laughing. One thousand percent it was. Because Brownie said she turned around and sees a grown man losing uh-huh. it, right? Right? And we all know this guy. I'm not gonna call him out. Yeah. 
and she looks up there at all the like middle school boys, the mm-hmm. high school boys. They ain't you, checked up. They're, 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 you could see like one or two of them going smirking a little bit. Like, no, yeah. they look at each other. No, they're like, afraid. Should to, I be laughing right now? They're too afraid to laugh. Right? Yeah, the they're thing. afraid yeah. to laugh. But you leave it to a grown man yeah. with the opportunity to <laughs> take something and drag it through the ditch. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm all in. I know. <laughs> no, that's funny right there. I'll never forget that sermon. <laughs> So Nobody's gonna let you. No. Oh well. Ephesians six. <laughs> Speaking of breast plates. Yeah. Ephesians six. Um, do you want to read that before we start, or what do you want? Um, to or no? Yeah. If you give me a second to get there. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ephesians six. Eleven uh, through thirteen. Eleven through thirteen. It says, "Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand." against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Yeah. Just there talk, it is. Talked about there put, it is. Putting on the PPE. That's what you said. Personal, 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 personal protective equipment. Yes. Uh, two components to uh, spiritual warfare. One we talked about last week was dealing with what's on the inside, inside being strong. Um, mm-hmm. And then this week was the second component, which is putting on, which right. will continue on into next week as well. Right. Right. But couple of points here that I wrote down, just in, in uh, inject whatever you want to. Uh, God gives a believer a full set of equipment, and he sends us out in the battle with everything we need at our disposal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the point where you said, um, you know, you talked about uh, the rule, like in football, where a helmet comes off. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, they have to do that for player safety or whatever because – they have to take them out of the game because otherwise what they try to do is throw their helmet back on. They don't get their chin strap buttoned. Right, right. And then it just inevitably will come off again or whatever. So it's really a player safety thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you made the point is like, you know, we won't even let you play a game without all of your protective equipment in right. place. Mm-hmm. Like why would you possibly consider going into engage in spiritual warfare without all of your – Yeah. But all, all the equipment in place. And it's not just – I also like the fact that you pointed out that, you know, not only is the the armor, the equipment that's being presented, not only is it from God, but it's actually his armor. Yeah. And you referenced the verse in Isaiah where it, <clears throat> mm-hmm. where it actually, it's a cross-reference of the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. Because in the Old Testament, God is wearing the armor. And that's what you see in Isaiah 59, 17, for he put on righteousness as a breastplate. See how I said that without a pause? Mm-hmm. And a helmet of salvation on his head, all that. So a lot of people just don't know. Mm-hmm. Like they, they think that, that the armor of God that Paul was talking about was something mm-hmm. that, you know, was unique and just, you know, first time thought up, you know, like. Paul's looking at a Roman soldier and he gets mm-hmm. all this armor idea and stuff. But what people don't know is that there was already this armor in the Old Testament and that God himself was wearing it. And I think that that is so important. I think that's a picture and another demonstration of God's love. Yeah. You know, 
Um, I think it's just powerful, kind of like what I said earlier when we were talking about Israel. It's just comforting to know that God just is not a blacksmith over here, kind of like banging out armor that's specifically for Tiff and whatever Tiffany's going through. Then you know um, he's gonna he's gonna customize it just to you. But it's more than that. It is it's God coming up to you, Tiffany, and saying, you know, not only do I love you, but you need you need protection. So. Here's not any. Here's not just anybody's armor. Here's my armor. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Verse eleven was my next note. Um, and I don't know if you want to read verse eleven again after this or what, but I've got uh, the battle can go two ways. It can go God. It can go God's way or the or the enemy's way. Yeah. What, yeah. What was I? Re- what were we referencing there? <clears throat> it was in verse eleven. I know. Yeah, basically, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Like oh, that's the schemes. Why. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, the schemes. Because yeah. you went into there about, um, you know, sometimes we have like weird imagery of the devil or Satan mm-hmm. or whatever. Talked about that, and uh, <clears throat> but not to underestimate the roar of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember where that came from. Well, <clears throat> like. Uh, you know, imagery that we have of Satan is like, you know, because because really what I did was I, th- I think there's a lot of people who who doubt spiritual warfare. You know, they you know, they doubt, you know, the 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 dark arts and all that kind of stuff or whatever. And so for so for a lot of people who think common sensically, is that a word? Common sensically? Is that a word? Anyway, no for people who think with a common sense type viewpoint, they're going to say, really? You mean to tell me there's a little creature who's running around in a, a, one, a red onesie. Yeah. He's got a pointed tail and a pitchfork and that he's out to like get me and get in my business and stuff. Is that right. what you're trying to tell me? Yeah. And then that's when I said, well, actually, I don't know where you got the idea of the red onesie or the pointed tail of the pitchfork. Maybe you bought a, a package of deviled ham one time because it's a picture of that on there. Right. But um, but really, the Bible describes Satan as so much more, you know, mm-hmm. than than what we think. He is he is not only a serpent, um, but he's also a father of lies. He's also an angel of light. But First Peter five eight, if you were to put Paul, I mean not Paul, but Peter up mm-hmm. on the stage and say, "Hey, Peter, give us your." testimony of of or description of satan he would say well your enemy the devil is like a roaring lion who prowls around looking for someone to devour yeah that's how and so i i basically at that point i said that a lot of christians look at that picture and how they make that work with the cross is they say okay yeah the lion can still roar but the cross defanged him Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And I and I I said I I agree with that a hundred percent. However, because I believe the enemy was defeated at the cross. However, don't underestimate the roar. Yeah, yeah. the The roar is no joke. The roar is his lies. It is potent. It has power, and so he can roar through persecution. He can 
the war through uh, even strong temptation as it once again, like you think you're doing so good and then you fail, you know, yeah. um, if you're, he can roar through your failures. So if you struggle with like self-esteem issues yeah, and sure. body image and all these kinds of things, man, he can roar through your failures and make you, make you feel like you're, you know, worth nothing. And he can, he can basically, his war is powerful enough to pull, I know I've been around this long enough, and I know you guys have testimonies of this too. We have seen it time and time again how his roar can take even sometimes the best disciple of Christ and drag them off into the jungle of ineffectiveness. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, yeah. anyway. Um, could you read verse 12? Because the next point I've yeah. got written down relates to verse 12. Yeah. Uh, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Yeah. So what I wrote down, what you said was the struggle is real. Yeah. Now that verse particularly is really convicting for me. Mm -hmm. um, would you like to take a guess as to why? <laughs> or maybe challenging, I should say, not convicting. Maybe convicting to a degree, but very challenging for me personally. Um, which part? The struggle or the whole all thing. the the whole thing? <clears throat> mm, just because of all that falling under the supremacy of Christ? Or? So this is going to get in the weeds a little bit, and we don't have to go there necessarily, okay. but you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when I say this. Um, that verse in particular, this is what I started thinking about while you were reading that verse. And, I, and this this is not something that escapes me. Like yeah. I've thought about it before. But it's very challenging for me because my theology, okay, has me personally put way more focus on the wickedness of my own heart. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm getting at? Mm -hmm. All right. So, which is which is true. That I'm so these aren't like mutually exclusive, right? Right. right. And that's the key. Is like I believe. That that's a that that what we just read in verse twelve. I believe that. I know that that's a reality, um, and I believe that my own wicked heart is a reality. Mm -hmm. But that that verse is very challenging for me because I think a lot. I and I think and and so you get what I'm pointing at when I talk about the theological reasons behind it. Mm -hmm. But just for 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 every listener, I would say. I think everyone struggles with the balance of those two things. Right. Absolutely. I think I think they struggle in in generally speaking people will <clears throat> will greatly err on one side or the other. Um but there has to be a, a balance between those two things of realizing the truth of your own sinfulness mm -hmm. and being able to recognize your own <clears throat> sin but also realizing that there is a real enemy as well. Yeah. So in other mm -hmm. words it's like you know, you can't just float around off out here by yourself saying, if I can just conquer myself, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like with your head down. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, but you also can't just have your head on a swivel looking for a demon behind everything. Exactly. Yeah. When the one who's really taking you down is on the inside. What I'm saying, you know what I'm, what I'm getting yep. at there. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Sure. Because they're, let's be honest, most people are polarizing when you get into this 
type of thing. They they take one end of the spectrum and they you know they mm-hmm. just swing that pendulum too far. Yeah. And I think balance here mm-hmm. is most definitely a very good thing because at at some point you have to realize, okay, it'd be easy for me, and I think we've talked about this last week, but it'd be easy for me to say, hey, you know what, God's got it, so I ain't gonna worry about it. That that that's the pendulum swinging one way, right? Mm-hmm. And then the pendulum swinging the other way would be, you know, I'm I'm scared to death because I just heard a noise in the house, and so there's a demon in my house, you know, right? right. Um, and so and and I've seen both of those ends of the spectrum, and people are literally in prison mm-hmm. by these things, right? right? And so, um, so and 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 I hate to say it as much as. As much as I fell for a lot of this stuff, especially because, you know, I grew up in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Like, that's when I, those were my impressionable years in terms of spiritual growth. And think about it, that's when you had certain individuals standing on stages, you know, like, I mean, I remember guys coming to my church and talking to us about how music was of Satan. And he had a record player on stage and would play the records backwards so we could hear the subliminal yeah. messages. You guys remember all this yeah, stuff? Yeah. And um, I'm trying to remember the one guy, um, uh, Warnke. Remember him? Um, he 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 was the guy that stood up on stage and and he was like, you know, saying crazy stuff like how he had all these encounters with demonic forces and all that and everything and how he was constantly in spiritual battle. And so... So I grew up can, being conditioned in my mind that spiritual warfare was me taking on, you know, this flying, you know, grim reaper looking type thing, trying right. to take take my life. And that's not it at all, yeah. you know. Um, and, you know, like I said, I wish I had more time uh, to really talk about those different things as far as like the, and I know I'm getting into the other other part a little bit, but, you know, all of the you know, the rulers, the authorities, the powers of the dark world, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, all that stuff. You know, I, I did, I think I made mention this, y'all can tell me if I didn't, but, you know, if I had time to talk about those, then we would have talked about how how the Paul is using this diverse kind of ranking, if you will, of these forces. But ultimately, you can go to Colossians and realize that every single one of these things were created by Christ himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they they're they're under his supremacy, but they fell in rebellion just like everything else did. Yeah, you yeah. Know, at the, the fall, I, I the think, term for that was. Oh, I'm sorry, Tiffany. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I think to to put it in something that's a little easier to see what both of you guys are saying. On one end of the pendulum, you've got someone who blames himself for everything, and on the other end, you've got someone who thinks they've done nothing wrong and blames everything on the devil. Oh, and yeah. so, yeah, there's yeah. somewhere in between that you've got to have some discernment. You've got to be... Yeah, that was um, the term that was used for that, what you're talking about, was the satanic panic of the 80s. Yeah, that's it. That was... Mike Warnke, that was that one guy's name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. because, I mean, everything that was going... And it, and it, and it, and it, was, it was so pre- prevalent in, like, just pop culture or just culture, period. Yeah, yeah. Like you say, with the, the playing the songs backwards. Right. And... and you, you, when the I 80s remember hair metal bands, hair they metal were bands. pushing when I was all a, that stuff. When yeah. I was a kid, it was like every little, every little, um, um, you know, urban legend or little myth that you would hear was always about, you know, devil worshippers over here doing this, devil worshippers over here doing oh, yeah. that. You know what I mean? That yeah. was just like so prominent. Yeah. And 
hardly any of it was based in reality Mm -hmm. at all. Almost all of it was fabricated or just like, you know, some guys walk through the woods and they find a pile of rocks. Oh, this is a demonic thing. This is like a (laughs) satanic. They've been back here doing a satanic ritual. Yeah, they've been sacrificing goats. (laughs) Yeah, or there was a four-year-old piling up rocks while his daddy was in a tree stand. You know, one of the two. (laughs) They all all just rolled down the hill and landed in the same place. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, like that Mike Warnke guy, he 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 made a lot of money. Right. Doing that stuff. And then it all came out that he was making it all up. Yeah. Like it was all fabricated, like yeah. you said. So so there, you've got – you had it on the stage, but you also had it elsewhere. Because I remember uh, my mom had to rent a house, um, and it was up on this long driveway, and there was mm. other houses on the driveway, but we were at the very end. And all and, and as we lived there for a little bit – I think we lived there about a year, but we got to know the neighbors. They're like, hey, we just need to let y'all know – of the stories yeah. about that happened in that house. Yeah. It was owned by Satan worshipers. They used yeah. to sacrifice goats. And some people say they sacrificed humans out there. Yeah. And like, and I, as a kid, I'm like, we got to move. <laughs> we can't stay here. <laughs> we can not stay here. It was, everything yeah. was devil worshiper this, devil worshiper that. Yes. It was, like it, it's, there's interesting. There's been multiple books, by the way, written specifically about the satanic panic of the 80s, yeah. if you ever want to read on it. It's it's pretty interesting. But, well, you know, and a lot of it, it became, um, well, Stranger Things played off of that. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, they totally. messed, they, they messed hmm. with it. They messed with it big time, and they played off of it. And that's why it's one of the favorite, like, the demographics for that mm-hmm. are people who grew up in the 80s. Yeah, because yeah. it's like they remember people responding that way. That's right. Yeah. And, you know... Uh, also, too, though, is um, Dungeons and Dragons and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was all there. Yeah, and that's why that thing, you know, going through the Satanic Panic and that game had come into, pre- you know, had become prevalent. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it got cast in this light. Yeah. And it's like, that was not it at all. This was like Nerd Monopoly, is what it was. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Or not even Monopoly. It was just a bunch of nerds hanging out. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but anyway, there was, um, but then there was actual real stuff that also got cast in that light incorrectly. You remember, like, the horrific murders that was the West, West Memphis Three. Oh, yeah, yeah. The three boys. Mm-hmm. And so that was like, that That case was like a very prominent example of, like, terrible timing or possibly someone setting them up in that way because they knew that Mm-hmm. that everyone around would be like, well, these are three boys that are all into that kind of stuff. So yeah. mm-hmm. that's going to happen, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But anyway. It, it has a lot to do with, uh, I always equate it with like, you know, shark attacks. Like, you know, everybody's like, oh, no, there's been like six, seven shark attacks on the on the East Coast or whatever. And people are now afraid to get in the water, right? right. But the reality is when you look at shark attacks across the board, there's those were not increases in shark attacks. Right. It just seemed to be very, you know, happening at the wrong time. Exactly. It just and the way the media hit it and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. And so um But see, and that's a great example yeah. because of like in my world, um, the reason that that verse is so convicting to me to get back to it is because because like I'm sitting here talking about the satanic panic, all this kind of stuff, and I will reason my way. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To a place of, of, um, you know, just apathy when it comes to maybe sure. not apathy is the wrong word. That's too strong of a word. But you get what I'm saying. No, like, you're going to lean more one way than the other. Yeah, yeah. And so I'll reason my way to that point. When in reality, 
they still sharks out there. They still got teeth and they can still bite. And yeah. you could be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Right, exactly. And, and, and that's and that's kind of what I want our people to know. People who know me, they're, they're they'll go. Have you ever had a demon encounter? You know, kind of yeah. thing. Well, my answer to that question is, I would be lying to you if I told you no. Right. You know, I'm not going to placate to your fears and then say yes or no. I'm going to say I'm going to be truthful and tell you, yes, I have. But I will be honest with you and say I didn't incur it. I didn't conjure it. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay, and in in this particular person had some serious mental issues. You know, kind of thing. But all in all, at the end of the day, I think what what people need to understand is is that the struggle is there. Okay, and the struggle is most definitely, and we're going to learn as we move forward. Um, that, you know, a lot of what the enemy does, he doesn't have full access to all the interior of your life, but he certainly can piggyback a lot. And he certainly can, you know, like a Trojan horse, get in there and placate on your fears and placate on a lot of things. And I think that's ultimately why uh, in Corinthians, Paul tells us once again, he's kind of almost repeating Ephesians 6 there, um, I think it's in chapter 10 where but that's where, you know, he's like talking about how we don't wrestle against the, our, our weapons are not of this, you know, world, mm-hmm. blah, 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 you know, and stuff. But I mean, ultimately you've just got Paul just kind of helping us understand that th- this is, this is a, a struggle and we need to be able to take our thoughts captive and all that kind of stuff. See all that's right there mm-hmm. around this same material, right? And uh, strongholds, and you're going to hear about that as we come up into the series as well. And um, and I think you're right. I think we have to address the fact that some people can put on those rose-colored glasses and see everything through, um, you know, that world. Just like I, t- uh, I mentioned one time where I got caught. I thought I was speaking at a church and wound realized it wasn't a church. Mm-hmm. Right. It was it was some soldiers of light who were taking mm-hmm. on the demons that have. Uh, put uh, Birmingham in prison, and so uh, so I think you got those. And then I think you can you know be like what you're talking about, where you struggle. And it's like you know I'm. It's just hard for me to believe that that actually really goes on, you know. Yeah. And so you've got those two extremes, and 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 I hope and you know I just want to bring to to awareness of what Paul is doing here because I said this in the sermon. Paul did not call the believer here to enter into spiritual warfare. Right. He simply announced it as a fact. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's the thing. I, I think, uh, to me, you, one of the best illustration that we have of this is actually one of, not the only illustration, but it's the first illustration, which is the garden. And yep. so it's like nine times out of 10, what, or not nine times out of 10, 9.99999 times out of 10, <laughs> I'm going to err on the side of your fallen heart is why you're in this position yeah. and why this is happening Absolutely. and why that's happening. Um, and so it's like, you know, because we want to say, well, this this demon did this or the devil did this, Satan did this. And it's like, no, you're a fallen creation and you have a you have a wicked, wicked, sinful heart and this is what's causing this situation. But s- someone other than... Adam and Eve played a role in that. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? And yeah. so, but it, but generally speaking, that role was very subtle. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? That role was yes. subtle. And then the sinfulness of man took over. Right. Yeah. 
And so that that's the best illustration that we have. Yeah, I it's agree. not that Satan is not active. Right, he is. Yes, but stop giving him so much credit. Basically, yeah. you know, <laughs> like some little girl sitting in a chair and her head starts spinning around. <laughs> right, you know what right. I'm You're giving him too much credit. Right. Like, okay. Right. Yeah. He 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 sowed a lie here, or he twisted a truth here, did mm-hmm. this here, that sort of thing. Yeah. But then you took it. And you, your, your heart made something out of it that it shouldn't have been. When, that's right. You know, and that was that was the defining moment. And I think the, that's really what we were ultimately saying uh, in the second point, right? Which is the struggle Struggles on your six. On your six. How yeah. how how fired up were you at that? I love it. <laughs> there was two things I that I tell said by Sunday. the way you delivered it. There was two things that I I got fired up about saying the word on your six. <laughs> I know. And and the second one. Tactical gear. Say <laughs> tactical gear just because when I said that, because so, so many people are like, oh, yeah, the armor of God, armor of God. I've heard that. I've heard that. But then when I said tactical gear, it was like, no, I knew. I never knew thought you. about it like that. Yeah. Because yeah. when you said that, when you said the struggle <laughs> is on your six, you pictured yourself black, op, black ops going, <laughs> is on your six. On your six. <laughs> on your six right there. Got a bogey on your six. <laughs> I, I, you know what I got thinking about though when you said that is like why why is it on your six? Mm. Yeah, and I, I mean you answered that question, but but I, I think there's also some more symbolism there. Mm. Yeah. What what would you say to that? Why is it on your six? Uh, what well, first to, to first clarify for to people. clarify? I think well you know. First of all, when we say on your six, just for somebody that's not aware of what that means, because I've heard military say that all the time. What does that mean? Well, you have to picture a clock laying flat. And so if someone's on your 12, okay, you don't normally have to say that. Why? Because they're in view. Um, So straight ahead is 12 o'clock. Six is behind you, you know, where three would be to your right, nine would be to your left. So, um, so to say something's on your six, it's, it's not in your view. Mm-hmm. You can't see it. It's, in, it, it's, and I even use the, the idea of a roaring lion. Right. Lions can throw their roar. And so it kind of the way it echoes in the jungle and it makes the prey run from the roar into the jaws of the lion. Right. And so, so that's kind of the mindset. Um, because the, the whole blind aspect to me is real big. Yeah. And as well, because of like heavenly realms and it being out of sight, um, you know, uh, it's not something that's flesh and blood. It's not something that's tangible. We want something tangible. We want to be able to say, I saw the demon. Yeah. I saw it. I saw the form, you know, right. whatever. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Yeah. You know, it's not, you, you, you had a bunch, you've been watching a cra- some crazy movies in your lifetime mm-hmm. and somehow your mind just got imaginative, you know, right. Right. but, and I, I know people will argue with me on that. Sure. Okay. But I can tell, I mean, I could tell stories right now on this podcast that would make those same people who disagree with me go, oh, well, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe you do understand. No, I do understand. Mm-hmm. I have seen it. But you're going to sit there and tell me that this this demon hovered over your bed, right? Well, come on now, yeah. You know what what I thought about, and that's why this passage is so famous, obviously, and it's such a coffee cup passage and thing is because it just oozes symbolism from top to bottom. Because everything you just said is like, I mean, you could you could preach sermon series on taking any one of those paths. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I thought about, and this is something that me and one of my friends used to talk about a lot, is the uh, the thinking of the pieces of the armor. 
Mm-hmm. So you've got what are the pieces? You've got the helmet. Yeah. You've got the breastplate. Breastplate. So I rolled that off. Yeah. You got the the <laughs> shoes. The belt. You got the belt. Mm-hmm. You got the shield. Shield. And, and you the got sword. the sword. Mm-hmm. But what's on your back? Yep. And so, in other words, it's like when so when you said that, that was the first thing that came to mind was mm-hmm. like, what's on your back? Mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, because what we the way we used to teach it and talk about it is like, you know, when you you turn your back, you're susceptible kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And so, but um, the point being is like address the battle. Mm-hmm. Don't just and I and it pointed to your to your example where you said when when you can see the powers of the dark world at work, when you can see the enemy at work, it's already too late. It's already too late. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of what it made me think about is like, you know, there's symbolism just in the construction of the armor kind of thing. Like always, always address the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you keep your back turned, um, it'll be too late. Yeah. Mm. No, that's awesome. Um, you stole something from my message coming up, but that's okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk about how the armor is very front. Everything's front. Yeah. And you're vulnerable on the back, but no, that's a good point because your six is most definitely a a vulnerable standpoint, and uh, you know, and I I think it's just so important for people to understand that, you know, you are in a spiritual battle, and if you ignore it and you ignore that fact, the chances are you're not winning the battle. Yeah, you know, I've so. actually got a lot more notes in there, mm-hmm. um, but we've been going a while. Uh, okay, but what you just said ties in really strongly to the verse thirteen. Mm-hmm. And that's when you said, and I like this as well. You said the struggle is already on your calendar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and verse thirteen was, uh, therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, right. you may be able to stand your ground. And yeah. after you've done everything to stand. Yeah. I it's like not that. if. It's right. Mm-hmm. I actually ended up talking about that because I filled in for Mike Cuff in his uh, on-site group. Mm-hmm. Because this is the time of year he lives in Illinois, and so I was, <laughs> yeah, you just got through under the burn. Uh, yeah, you just drowned it in Sunday gravy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's but, funny, but I'm not. They were, uh, <laughs> yeah, we talked about that that exact thing though that you said. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, because that's the thing, and it and it also points back to my earlier point how it's like okay, stick my head in the sand and just kind of focus on myself. And, oh yeah. <laughs> But when that comes, yeah, because it will, yeah, anyway. yeah, I like that. So true. And I'm trying to remember how you transition to that because from that to the last one of the last points was uh, talking about your mom laying out your clothes. <laughs> well, I this mean, resonated with me as well. Would you like take a guess as to why? Because he's colorblind. <laughs> Oh, can't pick out is his that own it? Clothes. I'm like the only adult man in there that probably <laughs> I, at matching. They don't they don't lay out my clothes every day. Uh huh. But there are times like mm-hmm. when Cass is like she knows like okay he needs to look. he can't he can't afford to <laughs> go out looking like him. <laughs> but almost every day I'll walk in and and if y'all ever see me come to the office or something's like that don't match that's just because everybody was gone gone <laughs> by the time I was putting my clothes on nobody laid eyes on well, it because pretty much every time I put clothes on 
I walk, I walk into like the living room where one of my girls or my wife or somebody standing. I was like, does this match? Right, right. Because right. I have no idea. Well, well don't feel too helpless because I'm pretty sure every man needs that accountability from his wife. There's no <laughs> At doubt. At some point, yeah. But yeah, I think to, to the point, just um, I just was talking about how easier life was when my clothes were laid out for me. I didn't have to work because now that I've gotten older, it's just I'm in the closet. I'm trying to figure it out. You know, it's so difficult. And then when I finally decide and I feel like victory, put the flag on top of the mountain, put on put on the smelly stuff, grab your keys, walk, ready to go out the door. And your wife goes, no. Get back in there, and <laughs> you are not wearing that, you know. And it's so I was just talking about how it was just much more simple when things were laid out for you. And so the point was, was um, well, God, God's kind of like, like, look, when you're done worrying about the stuff that don't matter, yeah, you know, I've yeah. I've got my armor laid like, out on the bed for you. I got you. And so that's kind of where we're going over the next two weeks is to answer the question, how how do we let God dress us in the morning? Like, how do how do we let God, you know, get us ready for the day? So, did, did your mom lay out your clothes for you for like an awkwardly long period of time? <laughs> you know, I think our moms, depending, when did it stop depending on the helicopter moms, I think uh, t- different levels. I think it's just, it's, I will say this. For a firstborn, probably, probably. Why, when did it stop? <laughs> I think it probably stopped for a firstborn. If the, if you have a younger sibling, it stopped when that one came into you know being. Mm. And I think it was like you know okay I'm you gotta go get yourself yeah yeah now. get your stuff together while I lay out. Yeah, your mom you know, don't come across to me as like someone who would be laying out your clothes when you're in eighth grade. No. No, 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 no. Okay. And that's what I said. I don't remember when I had to stop, but ever since then it's been getting worse. <laughs> so and I the, even said that's why there's apps for that. It's probably the first time that you know? she, she just got fed up arguing with you about that deaf leopard shirt. <laughs> she, she really was. She was like <laughs> Or maybe it was Thundercats. I do remember walking into I'm wearing my Thundercat shirt, mama. <laughs> Joey. Joey, go put that up. No. Hey, how about how about before I was even a believer? Because I didn't get saved till I was eighteen. How about before I was a believer? I walked in with a striper shirt, on, <laughs> and my mom looks at me and she goes, "You are not wearing those devil stuff to school like that." And I was like, and I and I I, I felt so vindicated. I was like, "Well, let me tell you something, mom. <laughs> These people are from Jesus." <laughs> That's it awesome. was so funny, <laughs> and I mean, Christian, you think about it, man. They had all that makeup on and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I was like, they even throw Bibles out at their concert. I can't imagine what she would have done with like a Kiss shirt. Did you ever have a Kiss shirt? I did. <laughs> you know, I liked Kiss secretly, but I was never like a big Kiss fan. Like now, Mike Huff, since we're throwing him under the Sunday gravy, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, he was a huge Kiss fan, mm-hmm. but yeah, I was a or, lot different. Yeah, I'll tell you the ones that was what was really popular around the time. Uh, well, maybe maybe not quite. You might have already been out of high school, but Grateful Dead t-shirts got oh, like really popular. Good night, and so many people gravitated. Yes. So many teenagers gravitated to those because it wasn't it wasn't as overt as because it was just craziness going yeah, on yeah, everywhere it was just on the shirt. Yeah. yeah, it was just psychedelic yeah. looking exactly, and so. 
And a lot of parents were just like, all right, it's a uh, bunch of clouds and tie-dye. weird tie-dye weird It's stuff. a teddy bear. Whatever, exactly. Yeah, well, the teddy bear is stoned, okay, <laughs> stoned out of his mind. So just going, <laughs> but parents just kind of let that one go. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. <laughs> but there were a few out there that was like, y'all know what those shirts are, don't you? <laughs> hey, you want to hear a funny story? Not st- that they were wrong, but hey, I'm just saying. I'll tell you a funny story for Sunday Gravy. All right. So... I was a huge 80s metal guy. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that was big back then were to buy these magazines. And inside the magazine would be a poster. And you could hang that up on your wall. And it would be a poster of Motley Crue or Rad or, mm-hmm. you know, you name it. They, You know, I had them all. Europe. and I mean, they were – it was all – I wallpapered my room in those mm-hmm. guys. And, I mean, it was pretty scary stuff. Okay, like I didn't know Jesus and I didn't care. And um, and so <laughs> we sold the house. And I the people that we sold it to, my mom knew, but I didn't really know them or their kids that well, well. I knew that they had kind of went to church, you know, with my mom. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we we moved, we that's when we moved to Texas and we wound up and when we came back from Texas, that family had moved out of the house. And uh, and then we were able to move back into it. So we actually moved back into the same house that we had sold. And uh, um, do you know who the family was? I, I don't, I'm afraid to say it online. I mean, on on air, but uh, but I don't think it's bad for me to say it. But it was the Kennedys. Oh yeah. Okay. You've told me this before. Have I told yeah. you this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and. <laughs> One of their daughters come up to me and said, so when we moved into your house, I was given your room. Well, guess what? When I moved out, I didn't take down any of my Left posters. Them all? Oh, man. And so they nicknamed that room the devil room. <laughs> and so she, anytime she didn't like it, she would just be like, I'm sleeping in a devil room. <laughs> it was, she was, she had nightmares. She yeah. had nightmares from sleeping in uh, that room. Is that not crazy? That's funny. It is so funny, man. Mm. Joey's Devil Room. Devil Room. Sounds like the name of a dive bar. (laughs) (laughs) Joey's Den of Iniquity. (laughs) Well, Uh, so join join us over the next couple weeks where (laughs) we're going to look at your waistline, (laughs) your feet, and other and your other midsections. Yeah. Let's see what what all do we have going on? Trunk or treat? Obviously. Yes, that's a big one. October 29th. Um, so plan on that's, that's a Sunday yep. evening. So plan on getting your kitties dressed and come out and support us. If you want to get involved and help us, we're 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 taking trunks right now. People are signing up, and uh, that's a big contest. So if you really go out, go all out on your trunk, you know you can win a trophy and. Yeah, some people get intimidated though. Some people don't because they know that like there's going to be a handful of people just go nuts and they uh-huh. get intimidated and they don't want to participate. I say, hey, that's not necessarily yeah. the criteria. That may win them one part of the category, but they may not get other. That's categories. true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, so like do something fun, do something you know interactive or whatever. But um, mm. but just uh, I, I think regardless, just, I would just encourage you to sign up and participate if you're listening. Sign up and and do a trunk. 
Because I think you'll, uh, well, I don't think, I know you'll get a lot out of just seeing all the people, you know, being able to interact with all the people. Because if you don't, that's what, I, I'll say this, you know, being, uh, I have a unique perspective of, and you guys have both done trunks, so you can speak to this probably even better than I can, but I have a unique perspective where every year at Trunk or Treat, I'm kind of floating on the outside looking in, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm not somebody coming to the event, but I'm yeah. also not someone doing a trunk. And, um, I'm just kind of helping make the thing go. And, but so from the outside, kind of looking in and, uh, greeting people as they show up and, uh, all that kind of stuff, mm. I will say the people who have the most fun at trunk or treat are the ones who do the trunks. Absolutely. Yeah. Because 100%. they get to interact with the, just everyone, the community at you large. You touch every single person that's there. That's right. Because even the other people doing other trunks come by and see your trunk. That's right. And yeah. talk to you. That's right. Yeah, it's really great. Whereas if you're showing up to the event, it's still great because yeah. you get to go around and see all the trunks. Yeah. But the people who do the trunks, just yeah. going around and interacting with everybody, I'll tell you, those are the people who are having the most fun. I'll Go, say, too, absolutely. do something that's fun for yourself. Yeah, Don't exactly. worry about what's fun for everybody. And you'll have fun doing that. Exactly. Um, and yeah. everyone will enjoy it. Yeah, that's... We a, did Star Trek, and that's not everyone's thing, but we had a lot of fun doing that yeah. together. That's a really yeah. good tip, because, and here's the thing with that along your lines, is like, like you said, that's not everybody's thing, mm -hmm. but you had a lot of fun yeah. doing it. And then there will be a handful of people that that is their thing. Yeah. yeah and they'll get really excited about it. They're going to get really excited and you're really going to connect with those that's people. Right. Yeah. That's and right. It, and, it, and it's fun when you do something that's uh, endearing to you and then you see it connect with somebody mm -hmm. else. Yeah. Like you'll see them light up when yeah. they come oh, yeah. find out who your people are. Like, <laughs> that's right. I, I, I remember my wife, she looked at all of us and because there's six in our family and she's like, okay, so this year we're doing a circus theme. And I just yeah. looked at her and went, that's the dumbest thing I have ever heard. Yeah. People are going to walk by and go, okay, that's a dumb circus. <laughs> that's ever. dumb. That's dumb. And, but y'all uh, went all in. And we, but because we went all in and everybody was dressed up and all, and we had, mm -hmm. you know, we had like little lions, you could throw the beanbags through the mouth and stuff like that. It was interactive, but it was also, I'm telling you, I, I think my wife, this happened, what, maybe two years ago, three years ago? We did circus. The circus thing. It's probably been longer than that. My wife just changed her Facebook profile from <laughs> that circus picture mm -hmm. to yeah. the boys, you know, yeah. like something that just recently happened. So, right. so, and that turned out to be a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. So, so it's just, it's just, you know, no matter what you pick, go all in and enjoy it and you'll have a blast. Yep. Yep. Anything else that y'all can think of? When you talk uh, about the student girls, uh, the high school student girls are having a pumpkin painting party Sunday evening. So if you have a sixth or twelfth grader, that's a PPP <laughs> pumpkin it painting is. party. Party a PPP as opposed to PPE. Yeah. Um, so there's that. I'm done with PPP. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, you shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't uh, have done that. Anything else? That's all I got. Mm. I think we're good. All right. I guess we'll see you old guys some other time. <laughs> see you later. Sandy Gravy.